In this episode of Watch Time, we're going to break down the Wistia 2021 State of the Video Report, talk about what they discovered, and look at where video marketing is headed into the future. Stick around. You're listening to Watch Time, supercharged video marketing tips for the savvy small business owner and the modern mid-market professional with Flex Media's Kathy Taylor and Bill Barona. Welcome back to Watch Time. I'm Bill Barona, and I'm here with our partner and producer, Kathy Taylor. Hey, Kathy, how you doing? I'm good, Bill. I really can't complain. It's Friday and um, I got my COVID shot last week. I know you did too. Mm -hmm. And the weather's getting nicer. So I'm just excited that we're able to do, we're going to do some traveling to do some shoots soon. And I just kind of feel like things are getting back to normal, which is a good feeling. Yeah, definitely. I feel like there's been a huge increase and we've talked about it on the podcast and the amount of video content being produced, um, not only by the average user, but I mean, I feel like we've been getting called quite a bit to come out and do more and more video work, which is absolutely great. It's a blessing because of how many people are struggling to get work right now, but I think it's, it's awesome. And I don't think it's a fad. I I really think that video is on the rise. And, um, you know, I was listening to a engage video marketing podcast the other day with Ben Amos, and he was breaking down with uh, Tyler Lassard from Vidyard. And they were talking about like the year of video being 2015 or 2016. And like every year it was like the year of video, but I really think that this is the year of video and it's going to continue to be maybe even the decade of video content. Yeah, I agree. I also listened to that podcast the other day and it is kind of crazy that like, you know, the um, you know, if you're in the industry and, and, you know, you're a video marketing professional, like people saw this coming for a long time, but I think what's really different and we'll learn about it today is that like businesses are really catching on to what an opportunity video does provide, especially after the pandemic and seeing everything that happened. Um, and so I, I think people are really starting to catch on and, and that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think one, I think part of it is if you remember in that podcast, I know, I, I think Ben mentioned it and I've heard other people mention it about like, video being nice to have. And I I feel like when I first got started in the video production industry in in 2005 would have been, or like actually working professionally in it, um, video very much was like a nice to have. Like if you were a company and you had video, it was like, oh man, you must have some money that you're able to invest in some video content. And, you know, I feel like websites were kind of like that when the internet started. And then for the last 10 years, it really turned into, you know, if you don't have a website, you don't have that virtual storefront. And it was something that was no longer nice to have and something that you have to have. And I really think video is on that path. It's definitely there already because it's no longer this thing that you maybe can have if you have it in your budget. You really can't afford to not get this information out to your potential clients, to your following. And video is really going to help you do that at an accelerated rate. So if people were before thinking, I don't even know if, you know, we can't afford that. It's nothing we need. It's, it's really going to turn into something that you have to have in your virtual storefront. Yeah, definitely. Again, especially with the way that people have, um, you know, changed in the way that they're, you know, doing business and learning and working uh, during the pandemic. I think a lot of that isn't going to go away. Yeah. And I, Don't want to waste any more of our listeners' time. I know that we are headed into the weekend ourselves, and it is almost like craft beer time for us over here in Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Surprisingly, this is not one of the uh, happy hour edition 
podcasts. Oh, we got to get back to those. Yeah, we got to work um, on that. <laughs> I know we got to bring got to bring some of that craft beer back into our podcasting world, or at least like talking about some of the different craft beer out there. I know that you and I are craft beer enthusiasts. I feel like there are a lot of video creators that are craft beer, coffee, bourbon enthusiasts. So maybe we need to bring a little bit of that back. To the yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> so let's uh, jump into this, um, you know, Wistia State of the Video Report. But I think before we really jump into this, some of you that are listening may be thinking to yourself, well, what is Wistia? Because if you're not in the video marketing or video production world, you may not really heard of that platform before, or even the Vidyard platform I'd mentioned before. But Kathy, why don't you kind of maybe break it down a little bit? I know you're familiar with the platform. We talk about it a lot and maybe discuss, you know, what is Wistia and, and why are they important? Right. So Wistia is a third party uh, provider of video content marketing software. And they're just all about like helping you get more for your content um, it'll show you some, it'll show you analytics on your videos. Um, and then it will also allow you to do things like um, add an email form um, or chapters and, and just kind of break down your video um, a little more than you would be able to if you were just posting it and hosting it on, on YouTube. Um, and so we use Wistia with a lot of our clients. Yeah. And one thing too, to, to note that I think a lot of people are surprised about this. And um, this is actually, I had gotten this information from Wistia directly. We had been on with one of their, um, of their tech support or sales, but we're talking about SEO. And a lot of people, you know, they think like, oh, well, I need to put videos on my website because having content helps with SEO. But the reality of it is when you put YouTube content or Vimeo content on your website, yeah, you are putting video elements there, but because those players are more of a public player that you can host on for free, what ends up happening is when Google indexes your site, it doesn't really see it as your content. It sees video content, but it doesn't see it as, you know, this content belongs to Flex Media, they created it, or, or whoever, you know, your company, you know, insert your company name here. So when you use a platform like Wistia or Vidyard, and there are many other platforms out there, these are just two that we use quite frequently, what ends up happening is Google looks at your site and it sees that content as original content because you're paying for a third-party player. So it means that you're creating content and that looks more attractive to the Google algorithm because they want to direct people to your site because you are educating or you're entertaining or you're a thought leader. And that's how that AI is really processing that. So that's one thing to keep in mind if you think, you know, why would I pay for a player? Why should I use a third-party player? Everything that Kathy and I have been talking about, and like Kathy had mentioned, those, those things that are inside the player, those are important and they're helpful in your marketing. But if you really want to benefit from some SEO strategy and really just up your Google game, think about a third-party platform. So that's one thing to really consider. Yeah, and it's not as expensive as people think. You know, really, I think that I think the investment really pays off. So yeah, absolutely. And there's there's a lot of opportunity to get in, I think, at a lower cost too when you start off. So you can like it can grow with you. So that being said, this is why they put out that report. Because even though you maybe you're not familiar with third-party players, there are a lot of people that do use Wistia. And actually, based on their state of the video report, which we will link in our, uh, our description so you can check that stuff out in the show notes and you can uh, go check out this report afterwards or follow along as long as you're not driving. Um, you'll see that Wistia analyzed around 44 million videos and they have um, over 500,000 Wistia accounts. So 
this is very valuable. And the reason why I think it is, is because, you know, Wistia is not um, necessarily a platform where somebody's just posting their cat videos or they're posting just, you know, whatever blind content they want to create like YouTube because YouTube is free. So what this tells me is out of these more than 500,000 accounts, these are people that are creating content that's designed to entertain and reach a target market. So this is, this is using video for a marketing purpose, an entertainment purpose, or a sales purpose. So these numbers are going to be very important to all of you business owners and all of you marketers out there that are really trying to figure out, you know, where should you be going with video? So their first section that they break into is video creation. And one thing I did want to specify before we jump in there is they are looking at the time period of 2016 to 2020. So just keep that in mind. So we're, we're not looking at like video of all time. We're just looking at the last five, four to five years, we'll say, because we are in 2021. I know it's not in there, but four to five years. So going into video creation, and I'm going to read this directly out of the report. They say, we looked at how many videos were uploaded to our platform. Businesses have been leveraging video as a tool for years now, and that usage isn't slowing down anytime soon. Since 2016, the amount of videos uploaded has increased 263%. That's the last is, four years. <laughs> it's craziness. I mean, it's crazy. Unbelievable. And one thing, you know, you guys can't see the graph here, obviously, but, you know, when you look at this report, out of that 263%, there has been an 80% jump from 2019 to 2020. And prior to that, Wistia was increasing by, I would say 20 to 30% would be fair to say would be the average. So 50% more on top of that was the jump. And obviously COVID-19 was a, a direct result of that. More people needing to consume more content, having to reach other people because they can't go in and actually meet with them in person. So, you know, when you talk about that, like that's really, you know, it's really brands starting to embrace video. And actually, Wistia's key takeaway from this, and this is the great thing about this report, is they'll give you the information and they'll tell you like, why is this information important? And it says that brands are committed to video. And it's no doubt in that graph, you can see that. And I know Kathy and I can speak from personal experience at Flex Media. Brands really are starting to be very committed to video, they're seeing the power behind it. So actually going beyond that, and like we had just said, because as you scroll down further in the report, like we were just talking about COVID-19 being the result of that, they say right here in the report, in 2020, we saw the highest rate of year-over-year -year growth with an 80% increase in video uploads. We also experienced a first, more than 100,000 video uploads in a single day peaking at 103,603 video uploads on April 22nd, 2020. Over 100,000 videos uploaded in one single day. That's unbelievable. I mean, Kathy, can you imagine that much content? No, that's like honestly incredible. I mean, just... I think, you know, in the beginning, like I, it was probably crazy if like a hundred thousand videos were uploaded in a year and look at that now, like, it's honestly amazing that we have enough capacity uh, to, to do that um, online. But, but that just goes to show, you know, how much it's really grown. Well, and the thing is like, what I, I think is interesting here, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about um, when we started this podcast, it's what we were talking about 
in one of our previous podcasts where we kind of give you guys our 2021 predictions and where we think video is going and how COVID has changed it. You know, they say here that this strong shift showcases the global pandemic has accelerated the creation of video content. And there, there's no secret there. I mean, anybody that, if you've been listening to any podcasts from any other video or marketing professionals out there, um, you know, when COVID happened, when it first, when the pandemic first went into swing last March in uh, 2020, I was listening to Video Marketing Mastery and Todd Hartley was making these predictions. He was saying, video is going to be accelerated at a rapid rate and we are going to be moving faster and further into the future than we originally would have been because people cannot reach their prospects face to face. And that's the reality of it. It truly is. And that is why you're seeing such a large shift in content and brands embracing this. And, you know, you'll see here, if you go over the report, it says, though video uploads did begin to slow over the summer, the overall number of uploads is still 88% higher than the year before in the summer. So they're looking at the 2019 summer versus the 2020 summer, which it would make sense that video upload would dip. Um, I've noticed, and I'm sure Kathy has too, like when we look at how we work with our clients, we always see a shift around June, end of June into July and August, where our business is, it's busy, but we slow down. So like we have these two slowdown periods. One is um, right at the end of November, going into December and January, which makes sense because it's the end of the year. Companies are kind of tying up things and finishing up and they might not want to start a new project. And the other time is during June, July, and August. And a lot of times that's because when we are talking with clients, you know, they want to push their project off because they're going out of town or staff's going on vacation and they want everybody present. So it would make sense with more people going outside and with vacations and people doing things and getting out that those, that that shift of uploads would happen. So that is something to think about. You know, if, if you're trying to leverage this strategically for your business, you know, what can I do to stand out? You know, and, and actually, if you look at this report, you'll see what I just said, quarter one, video uploads are down, quarter three, they go down again, and then quarter two and quarter four, they go back up. So, you know, as a business, start thinking about that. Put your videos out in quarter one and quarter three, because there's less content. So people are going to be looking for things to consume, especially if they're on vacation, because if they're on vacation, they might have some downtime sitting at home and your content will be available for them. Yeah, that's a great, I mean, that's a great tip, Bill, on, on, on how to, you know, stand out and think about, you know, sometimes when, when you may, you get, you know, people got to do everything they can to stand out. You know, there's a lot of content out there, but, you know, if you're doing the right things and you have the right messages and you think about factors like where, you know, maybe you can offer something when other people aren't, then, you know, why, why not take advantage of the opportunity? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the next section is video length. And I really like this one because this is, of course, a question that we get asked all the time. Um, we've done a podcast on this, but, um, you know, when we're doing videos with our clients, like that's, that's one of their number one um, questions in the beginning. They're very concerned with video length. Um, they're really worried that if they, they, they want to avoid, you know, doing a video that's too long where people won't pay attention and they won't watch the whole thing. Um, so this is a really interesting um, report here on that because um, I feel like it, it adds a little bit more um, data around, um, you know, why people maybe shouldn't be so concerned about the length and why longer videos aren't necessarily always bad. So 
the first thing that they point out is that um, over the course of the last five years that we've been talking about, um, they've actually seen the most total volume in the short form videos. Um, so there were about 4.8 million videos that were just, just 30 seconds or less, like really short videos. Um, and those were all uploaded in 2020. And so that is a 62% increase over 2019. Um, and it's actually a hundred percent increase over 2016. So, uh, you know, as people may think, there are a lot of shorter videos being uploaded, um, you know, things that could be really helpful for social media or just, you know, quick little videos to kept, catch people's attention, maybe when they're scrolling through feed. So that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I don't think that's surprising to anybody, but what is kind of cool is that longer videos are still getting seen. So um, the video volume is up across the board. Wistia says that the long form videos sold the spotlight from a growth perspective. Um, so the number of videos that were 30 to 60 minutes long grew 140% compared to 2019 and 446% compared to 2016. I love these like numbers that are in the hundreds. Like it's mm -hmm. really just crazy about how things are growing. Um, so again, this means that like the longer form content is becoming a more popular option for businesses as people really embrace that kind of content, you know, when Bill and I get asked that question, we like to say, you know, the video should be as long as it takes to tell your story or explain your concept. Um, and as long as it's relevant and um, you're not going off on tangents and, and people will find the information useful, they're going to watch. They'll watch a 30 minute video. Um, you know, you just can't be rambling on and, um, you know, it's got to be relevant and useful and worth their time. Yeah. And, you know, one thing to, to mention here, and I mean, I think, you know, people get this whole thing in their mind about the attention span of a goldfish. And I, you know, I've, I've we've had clients say this to us. We've seen it online. There's articles, you know, the Generation Z, they have the attention span of a goldfish or less than a goldfish and, and everything. And, and really, the reality of that is they don't. See, Todd Hartley, and I don't know the name of the actual number or the name of the podcast that uh, of the episode that he was actually talking about this, but he broke that down and debunked the whole theory. And I know, I think I've mentioned it on here before. And see, there really is no study out there that talks about what the attention span of a goldfish actually is. Nobody's studied that. It somehow got manipulated and turned into goldfish attention span from being misquoted from multiple sources. And the thing is, and Ben Amos talks about this a lot in Engage Video Marketing, and it's something we promote to our clients. And really something you need to think about is if you have boring content, people are not going to watch. Or if you create content for the wrong audience, that audience won't care and will not watch. And the simplest way to really think about this, and I will illustrate this with movies because this is a great example. So I love DC Comics. I love their movies. I also love Marvel. Now, my wife, she loves Marvel Comics movies. If, if it's a Marvel show, if it's a Marvel movie, right now we're watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We'll watch Marvel, you know, we'll watch Spider-Man, Far From Home, things like that. And she loves it. Absolutely loves it. Loves the storyline, loves the characters. Um, I just watched the new Justice League, the, uh, the Snyder Cut. 
And um, my wife hates DC comics. She just, it doesn't, it, it, she just doesn't like the storyline. She doesn't like the characters and it's just not something she's into. And it's very similar with content, you know, and, and you know, my wife is not DC comics. That's not their target market. It's, it's people that, that love their storylines and their characters. And, you know, cause the stories are very similar, but just how they're told are different. So think about that. You know, when you think about marketing videos for business and you think, well, I put out a video that's two minutes long. So my ideal customer, they have the short attention span, so I can't hack their attention. So um, I'll just try doing a 30 second video. And then you find out that's not successful. And then you, you know, then all of a sudden, well, you know, my, my people that I'm trying to reach, they have zero attention span. It just keeps going down because you're trying to make yourself feel better. But the reality of it truly is, is that you're, you're positioning yourself to the wrong person. Because if you were hitting the right person, the right person at the right time with the right content, they're going to watch and they're going to be interested and they're going to go to your website and they're going to consume more content. So that's something to really think about because, you know, video length, it's just something that over time people thought there's this magic pill that they need to, that they can get where if I have the right length, people are going to come in. And what Kathy said is hundred percent, you know, accurate. I'm like what we've tell our clients. And this report right here shows that longer videos are coming and it's going to come a time where people will watch longer videos. I mean, Kathy, how many times have we watched YouTube videos that are over an hour long and we sat there and just binge watched them? Yeah, absolutely. You know, about business growth and, you know, how to um, do video marketing because it's really relevant to, you know, what we're doing. I mean, even like I was actually watching, you know, I'm doing, I'm always doing home improvement things. And I was watching a video about from a, a very popular paint company about how to use their chalk paint and you're supposed to put this wax over it and this whole process. And I was honestly a little bit um, disappointed that it was as short as it was because I really wanted to know how I had so many questions like, does the wax really harden and like how long should I really be buffing it for. And, you know, maybe there was another video in the process that kind of, or, or out there that would, you know, go more into more detail about the process. But, um, I mean, it was really almost too short. And so if they had more information, I would have definitely watched, you know, like watched it and, and really gotten to understand like how to use their products. Um, you know, I watched a 25 minute video the other day about, you know, how to select tiles um, to uh, use in your kitchen as your backsplash. So, you know, if people are looking and seeking that knowledge, like they're going to watch. Well, and it's interesting that you say that Kathy, that you were watching that video and you're wishing it was longer because that kind of brings us into our next segment, which is engagement, which in the Wistia report. And it is interesting. So engagement and length, they kind of go hand in hand. So a lot of what we had already talked about kind of applies to engagement as well. And you know, seeing those longer videos kind of trending, well, this kind of plays into how long people are actually watching. So a good thing to think about when you think about engagement is you could have a 20 minute video, but you may have people that are only watching five minutes of that 20 minute video, which is essentially only 25%. So looking at engagement will help you better understand if what you're creating is valuable to your end user because if everybody's just dropping off then you're not you're either being too long with your message so it's taking you too long to get to the point or you're targeting the wrong audience so you know what Wistia went and did is they calculated engagement by looking at all those 44 million videos or over 44 million videos like we had talked about 
And they did it by looking at the total plays on a video and multiplying that number by the length of the video. So that gives them the total amount of time the audience actually spent consuming the content. So what we saw, if you go down here to the graph, and I'm just going to you know, pull up the report, look at the, the graph when you get a second, but I'm going to read this word for word just so you can kind of get a better idea of what they had discovered. So this chart showcases video engagement rate compared to video length. Engagement tends to stay just around 50% for the first three minutes and drops steadily after that mark. Now, if you've ever ran a Facebook ad campaign or boosted a post, or even if you're looking at the analytics on the back end of your video, you may notice that you, know, you have this number on Facebook where it's these are three second views, which we all know now is just people scrolling past your video. And then you have the ones that are longer than three seconds. So that's what they're they're talking about here is like this drop off. So that's kind of what you're seeing. If you look at that graph on the back end of your video, you're seeing people kind of, you know, starting off strong. And then as time goes on, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And the goal being is you don't want it to look like you're going downhill. You want it to start going downhill and then level out at a higher point. So people are watching the entire thing. So Folks that stick around longer than this are super engaged and good candidates for additional content. So basically what they're talking about is if you have a video and 40% of your audience is watching that entire video, these are the people that you're trying to reach and you need to continue to put the content out and market it to those people because you're it's a good fit. 40% is a decent rate, especially if you're just getting into this and you're testing things out. So continuing on, they said, when we looked at the average engagement rate over the years, we found that the change from year to year was not significant. Despite narratives and shrinking attention spans, going back again to those shrinking, shrinking attention spans. Attention. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It seems that people will continue to stick around and watch the content if it's compelling. Wow. I wonder if you just heard that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so... I mean, it's, and really like, this is just, that's why this report is great because it, it really, if you look at the information that Kathy and I are, are presenting to you through this report and you, you look at this and apply it to your business or your, your marketing, you're really going to start to get ideas of what you can be doing better and how you can engage your customer. So the, the key takeaway here is map video engagement benchmarks to video length, content type, and the goal. And you know, there's more where they do, and this, this, I, I don't want to take too much time in this podcast. We're trying to keep these like more bite size for you, as we've said before, but you know, it says, remember your engagement rate will vary greatly depending on the video length and the goal of your video. So that is something that we're kind of talking about. So before was goal. So they're saying goal, we say, um, you know, how long does it take for you to explain it, which is basically the goal. And they have some really nice pie charts down here, which is engagement uh, benchmarks by video length. And you'll see here, they say, you know, um, these percentages of engagement are considered decent, like you're doing a good job. So if, you're, if your video is less than a minute, which if you think about it, so okay, 60 seconds or less, or less than 60 seconds, people that watch at least 55%, that's a good metric. That, that means you're hitting your mark. One minute to three, you'll notice it's 53% if you're looking at this. So there's not much of a difference. It's a smaller percentage. Three to five minutes is 50. But 
five to 30. Now that's a big jump. That's 40%. So five minutes to 30 minutes, you want to hit around 40%. Now 30 to 60, that's kind of like, you're starting to get to like that movie length and television show length range. It's 25%. And then anything over 60 hours, you want to be at around 15%. And I'm glad they put this in the report because we do get this question a lot. You know, what is good engagement? Like what, what how do I know that I'm being successful in my videos? So this is great that they included this. Yeah, it's really a nice guide. Um, I think, you know, so many people just get bogged down by the number of views and it's not about the views. It's about making sure that the right people are watching your content. And so, you know, this is just a, a really good guide to kind of, cause it can get complicated, but you know, so it, it, it's good to, you know, have some examples of numbers, like, like Bill explained, like the report says to kind of know if, you know, if you are being effective, because being effective doesn't always mean going viral. Um, and it doesn't always mean that hundred percent of your people watch hundred percent of your video. Yeah, that's hundred. I mean, I'd say hundred percent again, but that's 100%. 100%, right? <laughs> but I, I mean, it really is like, you know, and I, I hate views. I hate when you, you have, and I'm sure some of the marketers listening, maybe some of the the entrepreneurs or business owners listening, or even like people that are, if you're working for a business and you're trying to gain some more insight, you know, you have that, that client or that boss, or, you know, that, that you're working with and they really want to see views. They just think views mean the world to them. Like, oh, well, if we have, you know, over 10,000 views, these videos are successful. And, and every time I have a client that says that they're looking, well, we want more views. And I go, would you rather have, you know, 200 views of 200 from 200 people that watched the entire video, or would you have 10, rather 10,000 views of, of people watching for five to 10 seconds and clicking off? Right. I mean, you know, it's, right. it's marketing. Yeah. And not to go too often to this, because I know we, we want to keep moving along, but I mean, this goes back to why our podcast is called watch time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, for those of you that maybe didn't catch the first episode when we discussed it, watch time is the key metric used by YouTube, where it takes a look at all of your videos total, the number of time that's been consumed and how much retention that you have from that. So, you know, it's all the pe people that are actually watching and the higher watch time you have in YouTube, the more your videos get pushed through the algorithm and out to people as a suggested video. So if Google wants to reward you for having greater watch time and not views because Google, you know, Google could have easily been like, okay, the video that has the highest views, that's the video we're going to push. But, you know, with Google and Facebook and like Kathy said, I don't want to go too into the weeds on this, but like with them, their goal is getting you the right, we talked about before, the right content for the right person at the right time. That's their key. So that's why they look at that metric. So it's very important to understand that views is an irrelevant number, it truly is. It was used at a time when we just didn't have the backend metrics to be able to track and see what was going on. Right, you know, things have really evolved from there and, and people are starting to really understand this stuff. And we hope this podcast really helps break down some of those differentiations too. So the people really know what they need to be paying attention to. Um, so let's take a, almost like a, a higher approach here, or higher level look at everything here and talk about video consumption in general. So since 2016, Wistia has seen the time that people spent watching videos increase from, this is so many minutes, 3.5 billion minutes to 12.2 billion minutes, 
which is a 249% increase in the time people have spent watching. And again, you know, they really think that a lot of this is due to um, the pandemic. You know, people are home, people are looking at their screens, people working from home. Um, this is the way that companies were communicating, um, the way celebrities are communicating, um, you know, people are being entertained. So it makes a lot of sense that people would be watching more. Um, and then when you look at the data from 2016 to 2019 on a month-to-month -month basis, Wistia did note that um, there's some fairly consistent trends around when viewers watch. So kind of as we were talking before, um, there were there's usually some peaks at the beginning of the year and in the fall. Um, and just like we were saying with our business, there's kind of this, this valley, this fall um, around the summer months. You know, people are usually out, they're usually doing things, they're on vacation. But in 2020, it was a different story because people weren't traveling. Um, I think 2020 was the first year in like over 10 years that I didn't get on a plane. So people, people, you know, weren't going out. So um, the pandemic uh, really did affect the amount of time that people were spending watching videos online. In fact, there was an 85% increase in minutes watched on the platform. Um, so people watched a lot of content. So people are really consuming video more than ever before. Um, and, you know, that's, that's not going to stop. That's something that's only going to continue. And, um, you know, especially since companies did find this new way to reach out to their customers. I mean, even if you are able to be more face-to-face -face with people going forward, why would you give up that reach? Why would you give up that additional way for people to learn about your product or service? Yeah. And one thing I, I want to mention here, Kathy, like looking at this portion of the report is, um, well, two things. One is they said people watched 12.2 billion minutes of video last year. And they said that is equivalent to 23,211 years worth of content. It's a lot that, of years. That's craziness. <laughs> that's like, a lot of years. That's kind of a cool way that they like, um, kind of, it gives you a, a visual or better way to understand the number. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people will make the argument right now that, well, you know, as the pandemic pushes forward, as people get vaccinated, as things open up, people are going to want to return to the normal way of life. So video, and I've, I've heard this already, video is the fad, it'll just go back to where it was. And it's not, and it's like anything else, you know, people have, you know, it's, I think, what is it, if, if you want to create a new habit, you have to repeat that habit. I, I forgot how many times they say, like, for it to become a new habit. And, you know, I got news for everybody. People have been stuck inside for 365 days or, you know, a little less, a little more. So, you know, it's a habit now. People are going to want to continue to consume content. Um, people will be okay with being on Zoom calls. Not everything has to be an in-person meeting. People are going to be okay with attending virtual conferences, which, you know, we do have a guest coming on here soon. We're going to bring Jim Cermak back and he's going to be talking about virtual conferences. And, you know, that's the thing, like, you know, we'll talk more about, where, you know, where that's going, but people are going to become, you know, accustomed to doing those things. So, you know, this is very important to look at. And to Kathy's point with these peaks and valleys, I know we had said earlier, this kind of matched the output of video by the creators as well. So one thing to think about here is, you know, even though less people are watching, and when you see this graph, you'll see exactly what we're talking about. It's very similar to what we were discussing earlier. Even though less people are watching, 
the key to still putting out your content at that time is going to be, because I know somebody's going to look at this and be like, well, why would I put my videos out? Less people are watching. Well, you have to look at it from the content perspective, the creator perspective, which is really, there's less competition for you. So you can cut through noise a lot easier in those months than you could, you know, in looks like May is the peak, May, or even September. Now, even though there's less people watching, it's still less noise. So that's one thing to definitely keep in mind. Yeah. And looking at this graph is cool too, because now I'm noticing like, even though there was a dip in July um, in the summer months, that dip is still higher than the number was at the beginning of the year in January. So, you know, there's still a pretty significant increase in there. And I would expect that that that's going to stay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, taking it from this people that are, are consuming and watching, we'll go into section five, which is video interactivity and they, they have and conversions. And just in case anybody's unclear, conversions, conversions means money, means that you are getting people to either, not always money, but you're getting people to watch your video and either go to your website and learn more or buy your product or give you that email address. So it's that exchange of, I've watched your content and now I'm going to give you something in return. So just kind of going through here um, to kind of give you a little better idea why Wistia can even track this, because similar to what Kathy was saying earlier, they have with Wistia, customers have the opportunity to add interactive elements to their videos. These tools include video annotations, call to actions, email collector forms, video chapters, and more. Customers use these handy add-ons to make their video content more engaging and generate leads directly within their video. So, you know, what you might be thinking like, okay, getting an email address. So if you're familiar with ever watching a video, you know, it starts moving in the beginning and you're watching the story. And then all of a sudden this form pops up and it's like to watch the rest of the video, we need your name and email address. That is the email collector form they're talking about. Or when you're getting to the end of the video, there's this link and it says to learn more, click our link right here. And it's built into the video. And that's what they're, they're tracking. They're tracking that across their 44 million plus videos and there are over 500,000 accounts and they're looking at, at users. So, you know, there's a lot of information here that Wistia has put out and I'm not going to go through all this for the sake of time, but I, I highly recommend you still check this out. The big thing that I really want to draw to your attention here and really point out is they talk about um, video conversion rate by event. And they say from above, all this info is great, but what types of conversion events are most successful at generating engagement and leads? And that's what we all want to know. Like, what can we put in our video? How can we convert you? And they said, when segmented this way, our email collector feature is actually the most successful at converting viewers with a 15% conversion rate in 2020. Call to actions, so that's at the end or in the beginning or in the middle, you know, click on this link, had a 7% conversion rate followed by annotation links, which is that little link that pops up at the top with a 2% conversion rate. Now, you know, why is this important? And, you know, I think the thing is, is it kind of goes back to, you know, when we talked about building a story brand in that one episode, and I don't necessarily know if we covered this in, in detail, but like Donald Miller talks about, you know, having a soft sell, you know, everybody wants to go in and they want to make a sale and they just want to 
they want to jump right in and go for the kill and be like, hey, I'd like to sell you my product. But the reality of it is, you know, he can, he compares it to dating. He said, mm -hmm. that's like asking somebody to marry you. And a soft sell is like giving somebody a piece of video content in exchange for an email address. So now you can put them on your lead list and you can nurture that lead and send them information to stay relevant over time. That way, you know, you stay top of mind. So why this is great is because you know that, you know, majority of the people that are using Wistia, 15% of the viewers were okay with giving you an email in exchange for watching the rest of your video. So what probably happened is they got the right content to the right person at the right time and they started watching, they were hooked, they're starting to binge, you know, it's that Netflix experience. And then all of a sudden, here comes the form, boom, if you wanna watch the rest of the video, we need your email. And people ended up giving their email to watch the rest of the video. So this is an important thing to think about. Video can be used for a soft sell. And actually the key takeaway here, video can be used to generate and nurture leads. So. It says um, in 2020, we saw a large uptick in the number of videos using conversion events, a 30% increase over 2019. We've also seen a 24% lift in the volume of videos using conversion events over the past five years. The finding correlates that the increase in video content consumption overall, suggesting that viewers are willing to give their email addresses to businesses when engaging with their video content. Wow, sounds very familiar. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I think a lot of people might question how how effective that is, but I think like, like what Bill was saying, if you're really giving people um, a good dose of what they're going to experience in the rest of the video in the first section before you put that form up, and and you know one of your target audience uh, viewers is is watching that and it speaks to them, if you're doing a good job there, they're going to give you your email. You know, it's 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 not a um, you know, it's not like Bill said, you know, it's not like saying yes to getting married, but it's like, yes, I could be interested in learning more. And, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give you a way to contact me in order to gain that knowledge. And that's, I think that's what really makes this report so valuable, Kathy, is I think people gain this insight to understand things like that, you know, and I mean, this is not the only report, you know, Vidyard puts out a report as well. Hootsuite, we usually will talk about there sometimes. Um, we did an episode on one of their reports. And it's, it's good to like look at these things because it really gives you insight into maybe what you should be doing or what you should be creating or what channels you should be using. And, you know, these sections that we went through, I think, what was it? I just, I know I just said it, it was five sections. Um, you know, take a look at this, you know, maybe put it on your desktop, you know, save it as one of your favorites and, and reference it when you're thinking about, you know, what could work for you. What I really like about Wistia and what they did is they kind of wrap all of this information up into some final thoughts to really kind of get you thinking about, you know, why this is important. And the number one thing right here is video will continue to be an essential tool for business. And actually, it's, it's funny. It says right here what we were <laughs> talking about earlier. There was once a time when video marketing may have fallen under the nice to have category for most marketers. But we look at the past five years as an indication of where we're heading. Video will continue to be considered an essential tool. The global pandemic only accelerated video content creation. So we predict the companies will continue to leverage these tools to grow their business. You know, what I think is amazing about this, and I'm sure anybody that listens regularly knows I'm a huge Todd Hartley fan and his podcast. And Todd is always saying, 
I'm giving you the future. I'm predicting the future. And he, he said just that March, 2020, uh, either March or April, 2020. And, and it's true. And Wisty is seeing it. So, you know, understanding that, you know, if your business isn't creating video, it's something you need to start to consider. Now, don't just start creating any random video and throw video up there and start, you know, throwing content all over the internet, create video with purpose, you know, create video is going to help your brand put some time and thought into it. But, you know, it's something to start thinking about. You have the website, maybe you have a good content strategy for social media, you got an email list, you know, what can we do next? How do we step it up? And video is really the, you know, the next place you should be looking. Um, going from there, one of the other things that they talk about is, you know, marketers will double down on live virtual events. And we were talking about that before. And, and Kathy and I mentioned it in our past podcast, you know, um, it says here throughout 2020 marketers did a ton of experimenting with live video and virtual events experience producing these types of events will become a default for marketers moving forward, whether that means being comfortable on camera or knowing how to best engage with their viewers on a live stream marketers will need to keep up with best practices and industry standards in this space. You know, the reality of it is if you are in the event space and you're doing virtual events, just don't think that, you know, you're going to have events that are going to come back. They, they really are. But I think to think that once, you know, the pandemic's kind of faded away, events will come back and all this virtual stuff's going to go away. And I don't want to go too much into this because I know we are going to talk to Jim about this, but like, really, like, it's, it's changed. You know, people are still going to want to do virtual events. People are still going to want to have that luxury of being able to miss work for the day, attend a conference, not have to fly there and, you know, shift their entire life around. And then once the conference is over, turn off the computer, walk in the backyard, turn on the grill, flip a few burgers, have a couple beers and hang out with their family. That, that's what they're going to want to do. And it's something that you're going to have to be prepared for. So doubling down on live virtual events, that's Wistia is predicting that's going to be what's going on. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to Jim more about this in the next episode. I think that a lot of companies have realized they've been able to do things with video that they never thought possible um, with virtual events and, and facility tours um, and, you know, all kinds of things to reach customers to make it easier. Like maybe they would and have gotten together with you in person before, but to give people that option, like you said, people are used to that option now where, you know, you don't have to leave your family and, you know, you don't have to you know, jump on an airplane and, and all the costs that it takes around food and, and travel and everything to attend a virtual conference. I mean, some people will still want to do that, but to offer that option, um, I think by not doing that, you're missing a lot of um, potential, you know, customers so and attendees. So, um, you know, why not use every um, option that you have? Yeah. And I mean, I can, I can say from this past year, like, I've attended a lot of events, virtual events from companies that I wasn't really familiar with, but I feel like we've learned a lot about a bunch of different companies because, you know, maybe I wouldn't have gone to their conference or I wouldn't have gone to some event where they were hosting, you know, a, an event inside the event, but mm -hmm. I went to their one day event or their half day event here. And because I was working and I'm like, well, I'll, I'll jump in and watch this, you know, this video or that video. And, and you learn about products that way. So it increases people's email lists. It increases their, their relevance and their marketing and their branding. So it's definitely something that I think, you know, they're, they're pulling in new people that they maybe wouldn't have pulled in before. Mm -hmm. 
And so I guess one of the last things they really talk about in this final thoughts, and this kind of goes back to what I said when we were talking about the first one is, you know, the barrier to entry for video creation will continue to drop. And there's no doubt about that. You know, anybody who has a smartphone in their pocket knows that they're carrying around a video camera. And we have clients that, you know, talk to us about that time and time again. And we encourage the use of that because, you know, creating a professionally produced video isn't right for every stage of the customer journey. It's not right for every video you want to create. So, you know, it's getting easier and easier. There's more apps coming out. There's better tools coming out. They're more affordable. Um, but the biggest thing they say here, and I really want to, you know, hammer this home for you is and I'm going to read it this whole line. It's easier than ever to start experimenting with video, but companies should do so while still prioritizing creativity and quality. And so strategy. Yeah. And strategy that should be in there too. I feel like that should be in there for sure. Yes. And that, that is, that is a hundred percent, you know, it's just, it's 100% right. I mean, it's fine to create your own content. You know, social content doesn't last long. It's here today, gone tomorrow, but you know, to prioritize being creative, think outside the box, you know, use quality. What's quality, you know, use a tripod, you know, do, do use a tool, you know, use a microphone. It doesn't have to be expensive. Just something that ups the quality of your video. And then like Kathy was saying, strategy. And that's what we've really been trying to talk about this entire thing. That's what this whole report about. It's understanding what the consumers are doing. And then how do you leverage that where when you create videos? So this report is, you know, very valuable. I know we're going to be referencing this report when we talk to our clients. We're going to be referencing this report when we produce social media content, when we write blogs, when we create quick tip videos. I mean, this is going to be something that we're going to be bookmarking and using throughout the year. Yeah. And like Bill said, we encourage you to do so too. Um, you know, whether you're a marketer or a small business owner or a fellow, you know, video creator, um, we just, we think that this important, this information is really important for you to keep in mind. Um, it makes video less overwhelming because you have some guidelines into what works. So you're already, you know, uh, overcoming some obstacles, even though there's some testing that always goes on within your uh, own business, at least you know what is working generally overall. So that's great guidance. Um, so I just want to thank everybody for listening. As always, we encourage you to please send us our, your thoughts, ask us questions. Um, if there's any other topics you want us to discuss on the podcast, you can email us at info at flexmediacle.com or send us a direct message on any of our social media channels at FlexMediaCLE on Instagram and Twitter. And let us know how we're doing too. You can rate us and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbeam. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. Um, we're going to come out with some great content. Like we said, we're talking with Jim um, in our next uh, podcast. And we don't want you to miss anything. So please do that. And thank you for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Watch Time. Make sure to subscribe and share the podcast and leave us feedback on today's episode. That's a wrap.